Hey, good afternoon. Welcome. Hello. Greetings. Salutations. All those things on a commitment day edition of the Tiger Recruiting Show. Gabe DeArmond here, Sean Williams on the other side of your screen. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Missouri adding to its 2023 class here in just a minute. Before we do that, we always start by uh, telling you if you're looking to add money to your bank account, Maybe you can do that by saving a little on your insurance. Uh, check out what James Carlton State Farm, based out of St. Louis, can do for you. Home insurance, auto, life, whatever you might need. Check them out at carltoninsurance.net. Give James a call at 314-961-4800. Friend of the show, friend of the site, friend of Mizzou Athletics, fan of Mizzou Athletics. He will donate $20 to Advancing Missouri Athletes, the Mizzou NIL Collective. If you get in touch with him and get a quote, and tell them you heard about it on Power Mizzou. So if your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm and see what he can get done for you. Sean, what's going on, man? How's things? Not much, man. We do have some some news to talk about during the bye week, so that's always good to, good to know and good to have yeah, some content for the, for the show. For the first time in like six weeks, our first question is not going to be, can I panic yet? <laughs> um, Missouri does add to the commitment list. And by the way, if you have questions, if you have comments, put them in the queue. We will certainly get to them. We usually spend the first half of the show just kind of going off on whatever tangents we feel like and then talk about what you guys want to feel like. Because that, that's good TV, right? We talk about what we want to talk about first, and then then we'll get to what you want to talk about at the that's end. How ta- that's how talk shows work, really. I mean, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. This is, this is the monologue. But um, try, try Missouri adds to... Missouri adds to the commitment list. We we had a pre-show meeting in which we were debating how to pronounce this young man's name. I am going with Philip Roach. Sean believes it could be Philip Roche. Um, he's classing it up a little bit. Merrillville, yeah. Indiana seems more to me like it would be a Roach than a Roche, but I could be wrong. Um, either way, he's a, a five or a, I'm sorry, a six one, 190 pound. Uh, we have him as an athlete. He's He's going to be a defensive back at Missouri. He told uh, Clint Cosgrove he could play. They, they see him playing multiple spots in the secondary. But I have now exhausted basically everything I know about young Phillip. Sean, do you know any more than that? I know a little bit more, yes. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, kind that's, of, why, that's why they pay you the big buck. Or why not to spoil – <laughs> Not uh, why you pay me the big bucks there, Gabe. Uh, yeah. yeah, not to spoil the commit analysis for tomorrow that I'm running, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like an under the radar type of recruitment. I mean, he's had an offer since late April. Uh, we just haven't really talked about him a whole lot, just because he didn't come in for a visit during the summer, um, you know, uh, things like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, he kind of popped up. I think he was supposed to be. Uh, I think we had him on the visitor list for Georgia. Uh, and then I reached out to him then, and uh, he said he wasn't in town for Georgia, but he was actually in town for the Abilene Christian game. So, um, you know, and he said, yeah, I'm it's like I'm talking to Blake Baker all the time. I'm trying to get back up there for another visit here pretty soon. So it uh, turned out he visited yesterday and um, was back in town. I guess he's got a break this week or something. Maybe it's fall break or yeah. whatever. But he was back on campus yesterday, and that's when he committed, and then he announced it today. So, yeah, um, kind of doing a little bit of research on him. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of just one of those guys that I guess we didn't talk about him that much just because he never really came in for a visit until, you know, um, or, you know, about a month ago. So uh, now he's kind of on our radar, and things happen pretty quickly. And it seems like uh, Missouri really likes him. Blake Baker's 
been talking to him a lot since uh, I guess they offered him back in late April. And uh, yeah, it seems like he's a guy. You look at his film, and uh, you know he plays a lot of safety on his high school team. But I, you know, I think he's kind of one of those versatile guys that could probably play safety, can play nickel, can play corner if they want to. Just kind of depends on what where they want to put him when he gets on campus. So. Uh, pretty, it seems like a pretty good pickup for, for Missouri. It seems like a guy that they really wanted. We just hadn't talked a lot about him until like the last couple of weeks. So Yeah, and and uh, this is my spam account is the username here. Brings up kind of what I was going to say. Um, does he project as, as a star? I, I think he could be that guy who plays that Martez Manuel, Dalen Carnell, mm-hmm. you know, like safety slash linebacker. I mean, he's only 190 now, but you got to figure you get him in a weight room, you put – 25 30 pounds on him 220 pounds kind of kind of gives you that hybrid uh position yeah I, I agree with you there just looking going back and kind of looking at what he's done so far this year i think he's had a game where he had three and a half tackles for loss so obviously he's rushing the passer uh he's blitzing um i think he had another game where he had a a, a tackle for loss and he's forcing fumbles he's throwing some big hits out there so he kind of plays in the middle of the field and kind of see him being that star guy that kind of roams the middle and and you can blitz with him he can drop him back into coverage so um i think that's kind of where he'll probably end up projecting at and he's he's a guy that you know it's it's to me the last couple of years has been a different recruiting profile for Missouri. They've gotten obviously some, some pretty highly ranked kids and all that. Not that, not that Philip isn't, he's a 5.63 star, but this is the kind of kid that Missouri's program kind of has been built on. I mean, he doesn't have the elite offers, right? But he's got the regional offers, the Cincinnati, the Nebraska, Purdue, mm-hmm. Indiana, like the list where you look at it and say, yeah, if Missouri's going to be good, like that's the kind of list that Missouri ought to be able to get a kid from. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with grabbing guys like this. I mean, he's got, like you said, a handful of Power 5 offers, all from kind of his region. Um, and then, you know, he's got a bunch of MAC offers too. You know, a lot of MAC teams offered him so early on. So uh, he seems like to be a really good, uh, really good player. Just kind of kind of a little bit under the radar, but Missouri liked him way back in the spring. So it seems like, uh, you know, they really wanted him since then. And now he's in the class and it could be a guy that, you know, it could be a really good steal. And Hey, you know, uh, there's another Indiana guy in the secondary is playing pretty good right now. So right. I was going to say that. I mean, they, they've, Dalen Carnell's having a really good season. Uh, they've yep. got Kai Montgomery from Indiana who might get on the field here pretty soon. I, Mm-hmm. They're talking about him maybe finally being healthy. Uh, Harrison Mevis is an Indiana kid, so right. the state the state has not been bad to uh, Missouri. And it's like just looking at his recruiting profile and reading off those schools, it strikes me that like that type of kid in the transfer portal era is really interesting because his recruitment can probably go one of two ways, right? Those Power Five schools offer him; it's committable, and he takes it. But you look at a kid like that, and that's also the kind of kid who hey, maybe some of those Power 5 offers don't end up being committable. Obviously, for him it was, but I'm just saying this generic type of kid. And maybe he goes to, uh, you know, a Central Michigan and Kent State, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden in two years, that's the kid that's in the transfer portal and Power 5 schools are drooling over him because, <laughs> hey, we've seen he can play at this level, right? Yeah, he's, he go, goes in the portal after two years and, you know, he's started 24 games and has like right. 100 tackles, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the kind of the kind of player that uh, transfer player that, uh, you know, Power 5 schools will salivate over. So, yeah, I, I definitely could see that kind of scenario happen. And, hey, man, I'm covering the portal now. So, yeah, we see it happen a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
So he is he is commit number 12 for Missouri, uh, the team recruiting ranking up to 56, which is obviously not where it's been, but better than it's been the last few weeks. Um, you know, a few more spots again. We don't know exactly how much. I know we've got a question about that. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. But, um, you know, 12, 12 commitments. They've got, I think, four four stars, seven three stars, and, and then the kicker's a two star. I mean, I, I would say this is, probably like on the upper end of the type of recruiting classes we were used to at Missouri before Eli Drinkwitz got here and did what he did the last two years. Yeah, I would say that was probably a pretty accurate statement. Just uh, kind of coming in on the uh, the tail end of the Barry Odom era and, and starting to cover recruiting for uh, for you guys. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty accurate <laughs> statement. And, and look, I mean, uh, still a long ways to go. I mean, you know, I, I know somebody's mm-hmm. probably going to ask about, you know, how many commitments are they going to get? I mean, we expect probably nearly a full class, but to be determined on that. Including you know, transfers. Like, we yeah. don't know that that'll be 25. Right. I've, I've got a hard time seeing 25 high school kids at this yeah, point. Yeah, I don't yeah. know that there are that many out there. But, you know, when, when you're talking about rankings, you know, uh, obviously Rivals takes in the top 20 guys in your class from the high school mm-hmm. ranks, and they rank, you know, your top 20 best players. So, you know, will it get to that point? Probably, but, you know, uh, you know we'll kind of see how everything kind of plays out here toward the end. Elsewhere in the 23 class, you were in uh, lovely metropolis of Mount Vernon, Illinois, last Friday night, checking out <laughs> Nicholas Deloach from Cahokia. You've got a, you had a story on him this morning that's on the site. Um, I trust that everybody who is going to watch or listen to this show has done their faithful reading of every all eight stories we've posted today. But, you know, what, what did you see out of Deloach? What did you kind of learn about him on Friday night, if anything? Uh, yeah, really was hoping to see a little bit more just in terms of, you know, offensive production. I mean, you look at his stats so far, you know, cause I do the following the future feature every week and, uh, you know, he puts up really good stats, but he was a little quiet. It was a little quiet night for him. Uh, just on the, on the stats front, I think he was in on about three tackles on defense and Deloach is kind of a guy that obviously, you know, we've got, you know, he's kind of listed as a wide receiver in his profile, but obviously he's going to play DB too. Where he plays in the secondary is kind of to be determined. He was playing a lot of safety. Uh, he plays a lot of safety on his high school team. Um, you know, he lined up at wide receiver. Uh, he did. He did draw a good PI penalty uh, toward the end of the game. I mean, he's got he's got athleticism. He's got really good size. He's got some good quickness to him. Uh, just was uh, when he got thrown the ball, it was a little overthrown. Uh, you know, and and uh, like I said, you know, they kind of ran away from him too. You know, Mount Vernon ran ran kind of the the sweeps a lot, ran on the outside. So uh, he was in on about three tackles. So not really a stat stuffing night like he's usually uh, used to having. But uh, really liked his size, his poise. You can tell he's a really good leader out there, too. He's really communicating with all of his teammates in terms of plays and and pre-snap reads and things like that. So, um, yeah, really good player and, uh, you know, kind of getting to talk to him. It was a wild game. Uh, You know, uh, they come back and uh, I think Cahokia completed like a 50-yard touchdown pass with about nine seconds left to, uh, to tie it. You know, excellent it, defense. Yeah, and it's kind of one of those games, you know, and it goes into overtime. They stop Mount Vernon, and then they, uh, I think they went up forward on like fourth and something, and they finally ran a, a bootleg for the quarterback, and he got it in the end zone. But it's one of those games where neither team had a high school kicker that could kick anything oh, yeah. uh, through the uprights. They didn't even try to kick it either team. So I guess they didn't have any options for kickers. So if they, if one of those teams had a kicker that could kick extra points. Probably wouldn't have been in the overtime game, but still, it was pretty, uh, pretty entertaining, though. So, 
So uh, this Friday night, we're going to be back on the road. Actually, Drew King, who is our basketball writer, he's going to be filling in this week on the football front because uh, it's the bye week. The football-dedicated people are uh, taking various uh, flights to various places to do some family things this weekend. And Drew is going to be up in Kansas City for us watching uh, Liberty kicker Blake Craig and Lee Summit receiver Josh Manning. Uh, both Missouri commitments. So a little two for one there, and we'll have some stuff yeah. on them early next week. So uh, Sean, let's uh, let's hit a couple of these questions that we've got built up. Carpe Donnelly says probably nothing, but Philip Roche is listing Blake Baker before Eli Drinkwitz in his commitment post. How much is Baker making an impact on the recruiting trial? I mean, that's kind of natural. The the position coach usually, and and Baker is the safeties coach in addition to mm-hmm. to the defensive coordinator. I mean, you know what? I, I can't say specifically like, hey, that Blake Baker is a kid that every kid is mentioning or not mentioning, but got Roach and is they have three DBs in this class, so I assume he's involved with them. Yeah, he's involved in most of them. I know with the Loach, it's more Alpo with him uh, in his recruiting process. But yeah, I've heard I've heard Baker's name mentioned plenty, which you know, just like recruits and commit uh, commitments and targets that uh, you know they've thrown offers out to. So he's pretty active on the recruiting trail. Seems like um, everybody has really good things to say about him in terms of just his personality, and they love his coaching style yeah, too. He's, uh, he's a charismatic dude. I like interviewing him. He's he's yeah. a good quote, and and you can tell probably he can he can relate to kids. Yeah, I think he relates to kids really well, and uh, I think you know kids really have a lot of good uh, feedback when it comes to talking defense with him. They said they really like how he's kind of an aggressive play caller and uh, and things like that. So he really liked kind of the aggressive style of defense and how they kind of utilize their uh, secondary and safety guys in their defense too. So yeah, he's done yeah, a really good his, job recruiting. I think his best recruiting pitch might be, "Yo, did you see that defense last year? And do you see it this year?" There, there you go. That <laughs> well, <laughs> that's my pitch. Defensive coordinator from last year, current head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Isn't that why? I mean, <laughs> I you know, like I, I'm not saying he can't do that job because they're two totally different jobs. But right. had you told me through about six weeks of last season, the yeah. guy in charge of this defense is going to be an NFL head coach in 12 months. I mean, I would have given you astronomical odds on that. I vaguely remembered Wilkes joining the Panthers, and then you know, like I saw where they where they (laughs) I saw where they fired Rule, and I'm like, oh, Wilkes is the interim coach. I'm like, jeez, man, coaching coaching life's wild, man. (laughs) Second second Mizzou defensive coordinator who's an NFL head coach, by the way, along with uh, Matt Eberflus up in Chicago, who's actually doing a pretty decent job uh, so far. Um, They just can't find any offense up in Chicago, but well, he's a defensive guy. That's not his fault. Blame somebody else. Uh, Dustin, (laughs) Dustin Ludy says halfway through the schedule, we can see the talent deficiencies and surpluses uh, with drinks, reluctance to play freshmen, even in spot duty, how many transfer spots will be open. So I don't know if Dustin's asking like how many guys are going to transfer out. Look, the only way to answer this question is we have absolutely no idea. Like it is, I, I kind of thought it was just going to be a one or a two year COVID thing, but I, I don't really see this settling down, Sean, as long as the free transfer and the one-time waiver exists, right. I guess we're just going to have a thousand kids every year. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be that way. I mean, I think the good news this year is so far this season, uh, nobody's hit the portal. Uh, from Missouri that we know of 
or openly hit right. the portal. So Nobody that, came out and said, hey, I played four games and that's it. I want to maintain yeah. my year of eligibility, so I'm going in the portal. Even though people hit the paranoid button over a certain social media scrub. Yeah, from, correct. You know, but anyway. Can't confirm not in the portal. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's a good thing. So it's really kind of to be determined. I mean, you can't, you know, nobody's in there now, so, but you never know who's going to jump in there after the season's over with or toward the end of the season and uh, yeah, man, transfer portal. Uh, good luck trying to predict that, man. Because uh... <laughs> right, the the easiest the easiest way to do it is if a kid's in at least his second year on campus and he's not playing, yeah, there's a pretty good chance he's going to be in the transfer portal. I, I mean, not all of them obviously are going to be, especially offensive or defensive linemen. That's a little more of a developmental thing, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, if you're you know if you've been at a program for two years and you're not playing. Either you probably want to transfer or they'd probably like you to transfer. You know, yeah. I mean, that, that's just the truth of it. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and we don't like to say, hey, this kid's probably going to transfer. This kid might. I, I mean, we're not trying to push kids out the door. You guys can do the math on some of them. I mean, quarterback's the one position where I, you're whistling past the graveyard if you don't talk about it. I, I mean, right. you know, Tyler Macon, I, I'll be shocked if he doesn't. Um, and hey, when we get to the end of this year, let's see where Brady Cook is, see where Sam Horn is. But, like, I think there's a pretty good chance Missouri goes into spring football with only two quarterbacks on the depth chart again. Because I think that's kind of normal these days. We're not going to see the kind of the feel-good – we're going to see less of the feel-good stories of a kid uh, waiting out like – Sticking it out for four years. Sticking it out for four years and becoming a starter whenever he's a senior – you know, the, those stories are, are going to be less and less and less in college football with the transfer portal the way it is right now. So, No question. Um, okay, back to uh, back to spam account. Uh, how soon will the transfer carousel start? Um, should we expect to start seeing those decisions soon? So they, basically, guys, they just put in these transfer windows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot enter the portal right now until December 5th. That is the Monday after they announce the playoff teams. Uh, Sunday, December 4th, they announce the playoffs. The next day, the portal opens. Sean is not going to sleep for a week after that because he's doing some portal stuff. I mean, literally, that's when every kid in the country is pretty much going to go in the portal that's made up his mind already. Then, it's, now, there are some kids. I know SMU had some kids. I know some... Some yeah, schools there's, have had uh, some kids that have come out and ex- said, I'm going to transfer. I'm not going to play anymore this season. I'm going to transfer. And Missouri hadn't had anybody do that. Yeah, there's a couple of exceptions to that. There's uh, If you are grad- if you graduated, you can jump in there now. Uh, if your coach has got fired, you have a 30-day window from the time the firing happened, okay. and you can jump in there too. So we're kind of seeing that with some Nebraska and a, a few Wisconsin players. I think a couple of Wisconsin or one Wisconsin players jumped in. A couple of Nebraska players have, but yeah, they got to. They, otherwise, they have to wait. But yeah, you're talking about, you know, <laughs> they have to wait till December 5th. But if they're 100 percent sure they're going to jump in the portal, they can announce that on social media and just, you know, then that way they can enter the coaches' list. The coaches can put them down on a list and contact them on the. December 5th. So. And, and look, come December 5th, if you're if you're going to transfer, you better go in that day because you've got about two and a half weeks till early signing day at that point, right? right? And like you need to get your name in there, let coaches get in touch with you. And here's the other thing we're going to see, Sean, with this window. There are going to be a lot of kids that are on commit lists right now that suddenly find out on about December 10th they don't have a spot at these schools because kids are going to jump in the portal 
And these power five coaches are going to go, I want that kid because I've seen him play in college and I know he can play this high school kid. I know he committed to us in February of his seventh grade year, and I know we tell him all the right things, but we better call that kid and tell him he don't got a spot here anymore. Yeah, and you, you think about it too. You know, that's why, um, you know, high school recruiting's and building relationships super important now because guys you recruited in high school that didn't select you, you know, during their uh, signing period, uh, two years later, they're really good players and they jump or maybe, you know, they're maybe they're really good players or maybe they're kind of a little bit buried on the depth chart, but you really liked them in that, coming out of high school. You know, uh, that's why those relationships are important. You kind of jump back in there and say, Hey, you know, you want hey, or, you know, in your, for your example, Gabe, you know, you kind of mentioned he's a really good player jumping in the portal wants to find another spot, but like, Hey, you know, uh, running back, uh, our running back just graduated. So, Hey, you want to come over here? You can step right in and be the starter. So right. kind of works both it- ways. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see. I mean, there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings, I think, in December. And yeah. I I hope some of these kids come out and, and, and like, publicly out these coaches because hey, uh, it, there was one that's kid. one way to, to get it to stop. And, again, fans get so mad at these kids that decommit. But let's shed a light on the other side of this process, which is going to be two days before signing day when a kid gets right. a call that he doesn't have a spot. I think there was, uh, I can't remember the kid's name. I think it was a wide receiver in Texas, but he uh, apparently Florida State dropped him. He just kind of stopped communicating. I saw some he, stuff he, about that the other he day. He posted it on social media. He's like, hey, you know, they kind of stopped talking to me or they said, you know, they, they said that my, uh, my offer wasn't there anymore. So, yeah, he kind of mm-hmm. called him out on social media. So good for him. You know, I think it kind of yeah. has to work both ways in those situations because, look, coaches are going to do that and, and they're not going to really have a care in the world about it. So, right. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, kids. They're trying to keep their $5 million a year jobs, man. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, so. Exactly. Uh, Dustin kind of clarified. He said his question about the transfers was more about the possible number incoming. Um, again, like, I think you've got to keep room open for like five to eight pretty much every year. It might not be quite that many, depending on what your roster looks like. And it might be more depending on how many guys leave. But I mean, there's only like eight guys that we know are leaving this roster. Everything else. I mean, Sean, I went through it yesterday in in my 10 thoughts. I went through it. Literally their top 12 defensive players could technically all leave after this year if they wanted to, I think, or 10 of the 12, something like that. Um, (laughs) but they could all also come back. And so, you know, with the COVID year, some of them still theoretically would have a transfer. Now, look, you wouldn't think a guy who's starting on defense at an SEC school is probably going to transfer, but I don't know what happens (laughs) all the time. Um, So it it just, it's going to make it really difficult for coaches. I mean, come December 5th, they might all of a sudden have seven more spots to fill on their roster than they know. Yeah, uh, that's the thing with transfers. You just don't know how, when it's going to hit you, how many times it's going to hit you. So, yeah, I think that's a good number. We've talked about it previously on here. I don't think you want to go into double digits when it comes to adding transfers. But I think, you know, I think every school should probably, like you said, have at least five, six, you know, maybe five. You've mentioned five to eight. I mean, I think that's a pretty good roundabout number just to have spots open for possible transfer additions, just depending on mm. how things kind of shake out with your own roster at the end of the season. Uh, one more. Are are there any other recruits to put on commitment watch? I mean, frankly, we didn't have Philip Roche on commitment watch until maybe this morning. I mean, we we didn't really know that might be coming. But 
I we've talked about Marvin Burks. That kind of seems to be going the other way now. Like maybe that's not going to happen for Missouri. Maybe it'll happen for Ole Miss. But it's <laughs> such a like nobody's ever actually talked to the kid, so I don't know who knows. It's an uh, it's an open shift. It really just depends on who he visits. The most recent, you know, because right. you know this if it's Missouri for the Louisiana Tech game, and then everybody's like, ah, oh, maybe he's, I think he's gonna you know go to Missouri, and then I think mm-hmm. you know Drinkwitz went and saw him in the in the Drinkwitz copter. So um, now you know he just visited Ole Miss, so now like everybody's saying, oh, he's gonna go to Ole Miss, which you know that's another school he took an official visit to during the summer. So, but you know nobody's really talking to him. He's staying keeping everything close to the best so good luck trying to get a idea of where he's even thinking about going so i mean we we talked about you know just kind of staying in the secondary uh topic of that you know there's also jay Hill that's out there um you know he was back on campus for the georgia game uh took an official visit to uh, missouri during the summer as well so you know he's a guy to keep an eye on i mean i know illinois is really pushing hard for him and i think they were the first school to offer him i think he's been i think he went back up there this past weekend too so um yeah kind of an india illinois missouri michigan still there kind of looking at him so i you know is he on commit watch probably not just not in the immediate yeah. future but probably another guy to keep an eye on so the, the kid out of East St. Louis, Antoine Hayden, is an Illinois commitment. He visited mm-hmm. Mizzou a couple weeks ago. Now also visited Illinois last week. So, yeah. you know, I mean, he's got to decommit before he's going to commit anywhere. But Some, well, there's been a couple of cases where they just skip that part. <laughs> just, yeah. They yeah. just they just commit to a new school and just flip at the same time. <laughs> right. I'd like to see a kid just tweet out like four commit graphics at the same time. <laughs> you know, not, I'll pick the real one that I really. Yeah. Want. But you you mentioned you mentioned Hayden. I know, like you know, people on our board is like, oh, you know, he's on flip watch, but he may he's still committed to Illinois. But you know, uh, I think Mississippi State's another school that's he's trying to take a visit to as well. So okay, you know. yeah, as long as they're taking visits. Uh, John Henry says, let's say Cook and Macon transfer, and you have Horn and Johnson as the quarterbacks. Does Drink go with one of the four stars? Or does he go into the portal for a more experienced quarterback? Like this is going to be interesting. And managing quarterback recruiting is really tough, but. I think looking at this team this year and looking at this roster, I don't see how the plan is not to have Sam Horn as the starting quarterback next year. I think that's the plan. I If you go out and you get some junior to bring in and clearly compete for the starting quarterback job, well, then I'd start to worry about what happens with Sam Horn. Right. Because he can lead. <laughs> you know, I mean... I think you've kind of got to go into – I think you've got to come out of the early signing period with a pretty clear starter at quarterback or you risk losing somebody again in the spring because that second transfer window is like April 1st or April 15th, somewhere in there. Yeah, I can't remember the exact day, but it is in April. Uh, got a little bit of a, a window there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it's a good scenario. But, yeah, I think you would have to probably say, you know – one of those guys. I mean, you mentioned Horn. I think you would Horn's be been here more, for a while. I think what would be more likely is you would be going out and looking for a backup, a guy yeah. at quarterback, but not a starter, right? right? Like you need a body, but you would be bringing in a guy that that understands. Hey, we know who our starters probably right. going to be. Like, we want you to come in. We want you to be a backup. We're giving you a shot in an SEC school. And, hey, if there's an injury, you're going to get a chance to play. Right. But, you know, now, do they tell kids that on the recruiting trail? I don't know. Probably not. You know, they probably tell every kid they 
they want him to start and he has a chance to start and all that. But, <laughs> but like just realistically looking at it, I, I think something's gone wrong. If you're out there recruiting a starting quarterback on the transfer on the, out of the transfer portal again. Yeah. And it goes back to kind of what we've said previously. It kind of goes back to how confident are you in your recruiting class? You know, you got two four star, you know, in that scenario that John Henry, if that is his real name, uh, <laughs> played before us, um, you know, you got uh, Horn and Johnson, two four-star quarterbacks. You, you, uh, you know, you got in your class and you recruited pretty heavily. Uh, you know, you got to think you have some confidence in those guys, even despite you know their youth. You know, you got to go with one of those guys and, and move it forward. So it would, you know, to go out and get another, tra- you know, to go out and get a transfer and maybe say, hey, you're competing for the starting job would kind of be a slap in the face to those guys, I believe. Right, and, and yeah, I just, I would be surprised. I think. I think Sam Horn's the starter and I think Sam Horn is uh, lots riding on him being as good as everybody says he is. And should Sam Horn play the rest of the year? Uh, It'd be interesting. We'll we'll see what happens. Right. Uh, (laughs) Vanderbilt in 11 days, something like that. So, uh, so appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with us, uh, throwing some, some questions our way and things like that. Uh, I don't know, Sean, any, uh, any parting thoughts, man? You good? No, uh, yeah, I'm good, man. I think we covered a lot of ground and uh, had a good discussion. See, it's one of those one of those things we come in. We did have we did have a commitment to talk about, but after that, we kind of just kind of went with uh, went with questions and we talked for thirty minutes. So yeah, we're always going to fill thirty minutes. We're never going to fill more than thirty minutes, man. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So we get paid by the, we get paid by the half hour. <laughs> exactly. So uh, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, do all those things. If you're listening on the podcast, which I'll put up after this, uh, leave us a good review, say nice things on social media. Also check out James Carlton State Farm Insurance, CarltonInsurance.net. 314-961-4800. The information has been scrolling across the bottom of the screen throughout the show, which won't do you any good if you're listening on the podcast. But if you are watching the video, um, you will be able to see James' information at the bottom of your screen. Uh, he can take care of any of your insurance needs, has a team of eight. You're going to talk to a real person. I know one of the things they're really pushing is, is their teenage driver uh, program. So if you've got a teenage driver, get in touch with James at carltoninsurance.net, 314-961-4800. Also mention Power Mizzou when you talk to whoever you talk to at James's office, and they're going to donate $20 to Missouri's NIL Collective Advancing Missouri Athletes. So uh, I will be back tomorrow with Gerard Hamilton talking a little uh, midseason football, um, I guess taking stock of where Missouri's at. Sean and I will be back next Tuesday. We'll see you then.